following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. sci-fi update i'm your host tony harper and in studio with me today i have my friend Derek cummings um he's a big warhammer thing guy so we're going to go over warhammer in this episode uh we have a lot to talk about this episode and i think first off i'm going to start off with really we need to do better Uh, we live in buffalo new york and there was something tragic that happened just recently. And it's really still insane to me that these things are happening now in these days and times. And I don't want to get too political on here, but as a science fiction community, um, we can do better. I know we can do better. There are still plenty of books and plenty of material that goes over how we go about better and how to to change people's mindsets. Um, and we just need to get more people to pay attention. And that's what I wanted to say on that. All right, so as usual, we're going to go over the news today. I'm doing something a little different than today. I uh, snapped a bunch of pictures on my phone with the news on it, so I don't have to keep writing down notes and that kind of stuff. So see how this goes. And if it doesn't work as well, I'll do it. Uh, Derek, feel free to comment at any point in time during the news. I know we didn't really go over what I was going to do to begin with. I was hoping you would watch at least one of my videos. Alright, so (laughs) Amazon has renewed Upload for a third season. Uh, I'm not sure if I uh, mentioned that before, but I just want to put that in there. Uh, oh, this one is fine because life doesn't know I'm getting this yet. Uh, Lego has officially unveiled a Transformers Optimus Prime set for 170 bucks. It's a 1,508-piece set um, that you can take it and you can transform it from a truck to a robot without removing a piece of Lego. That's you do that. So I think it's a really cool set. I want it. Um, you see my Optimus Prime on boxing video. You know, I'm pretty big in Optimus. I'm oh, sorry, what were you saying? I was saying it probably has a lot of movable cool joints. Yes, should. So it's going to be similar to all the uh, Power Rangers toys they have as a kid. Are you into comic books at all? I grew up on the comic book show. Yeah, I don't want that. Uh, well, have you seen the new Star Wars series, Han Solo and Chewbacca? The, the comic book ones? Yeah, I've seen them. I follow a few YouTube pages that actually talks about them all. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> so, number two is coming out May 18th. So, just let you know, and I'll put up a graphic with a, the picture on there for you guys. Um, Black Panther 2 is still going to release this year. So, it did not. Oh, yeah, it was November 11th. I was going to say they didn't put a date on here, but they did. It's November 11th. Kind of excited for this still. I want to watch this and hopefully it does well. Uh, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, uh, but I didn't realize how many CW shows got canceled last week. Uh, six of the DC comic book shows that were on the CW have been canceled. They're mostly the Arrow, are they? Or mostly stuff that weren't part of the Arrowverse. So, so anything that was Arrowverse is pretty much still going on. So like that one? Like what one? That one? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I think it was one of the ones that was canceled. Good. Ugh. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Was it? No, it was bad. I haven't seen any of these yet. For a person who's a huge Batman fan, that was bad. So Christopher Walken... It will star as the Emperor in Doom 2. Is the second part. I like him. 
I like Christopher Walken. Um, I think he'd be a great emperor for this uh, movie. So hopefully that works out. Uh, I know I have at least one more piece of news before I got into a couple more pieces of news. Before I got into some new books that were coming out. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 um, is still theoretically releasing um, sometime soon. They don't have a actual release date in the article I was reading, um, but they are in the final stretch of development. Um, so hopefully it's uh, soon. Um, Star Trek's Klingon helps New York City teachers understand students' struggles with learning English. Hard language to learn, too. It is a hard language to learn, and. They're using Klingon as another reference point for the students and the teachers who have learned Klingon understand the difficulty of learning English because of how difficult it is to learn Klingon. Do you know how to speak Klingon? No, I only know bits and pieces from the show that I grew up watching. Well, I I do too, but I um I I, I mean, just I've know seen, I've seen the Dave uh, the might entire, be able to do it. The entire dictionary at a sci-fi convention back when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And it was about that big. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. It was, it was pretty fun. And another thing that kind of relates to the, the thing that happened in Buffalo. Um, James Hong finally gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, he starred in a lot of shows on, like, Chinatown, Blade Runner... Seinfeld, Friends, Kung Fu Panda, uh, Gremlins. Um, he's the guy I'm thinking. Uh, I don't have the picture of him. And I know I saw that earlier, uh, but um, I remember who he was, but I just can't picture him right this second. I I would have to look at a photo to see who it is, but it's got a hell of a record going. Especially with a lot of those I've watched and enjoyed. You're right. Gremlins is amazing. Yeah, he was also um, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Oh, yeah, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. He was the emperor for that. Oh, okay. I, now I know. Now you know definitely who it was. I definitely know who it is. Right. I mean, that was, that was the one I was doing. He, like, he, I didn't want to say it was him. was a movie that I saw that he did. He did voice acting in because it was just straight up. It was a Pixar movie. Which was turning red. He was actually the old Chinese man doing the chanting. Oh, was he? Yes, I didn't he even realize he was in <laughs> turning red. I just watched that not too long ago with the wife and kids as well. Um, yeah, it was a pretty, yeah, pretty I good movie. I liked, I liked it. It. It, was, it. It was probably one of the most Canadian uh, movies that Pixar has ever done. <laughs> Why? Because everything about it was Canadian. It was in Toronto. It, it, it was uh, following the, your typical Canadian lifestyle. Because <laughs> I go to Canada all the time. My son's Canadian. And just watching it, I was just getting Canadian vibes throughout the entire movie, and I loved every bit of it. Nice. It was very multicultural. You got to it see was. a lot of different cultures in it, and it was nice. Um, the choice of time uh, that they chose was really nice, too. Like, more, uh, early, what, 2002 uh, was a good timeline for them to use to help keep where the whole social media thing would explode, so they didn't have to deal with that crap. Right. Yeah, because that's always kind of difficult to add into shows. Well, not even that. It's just when you start adding social media, I mean, you got a, a little girl, like 11 or 12 years old, turning into a panda, and then you got a mother that turns into a giant kaiju panda. That's going to be all over national news. So for them they, to do no, they did have it on the phones and that kind of stuff, and that wasn't social media. They covered that in there. They had it on regular phones. They had flip phones. It's back in 2002, not like Facebook, MySpace, where now you got everyone in the entire world. At least it's easier to hide in the media. All right. All right. Um, and then some more science fiction books coming out for you guys. We got uh, Time Shelter by Georgie Gospodinova. Nova? Gospod. I, I'm going to mutilate that. Translated by Angela Rodell. Coming out May 10th. Uh, actually, that was a few days ago. Um, it's... Bulgarian to English, and it's about a Swiss health clinic for Alzheimer's 
patients where they um, redesign every floor to look like a different decade from the 20th century, and then they start getting, um, they start living in particular decade from the past. So it's like time travel inside the, the movie, which is part of the book, which is kind of what made it sci-fi ish. Um, I thought it was an interesting book. Um, another language. Thought it'd be an interesting read. Well, just came out. I'm sure most of my listeners aren't reading half of these books because some of them are out, aren't out yet. Like uh, Garden of Earthly Bodies by Sally Oliver. Uh, traumatized woman begins growing thick hair. Um, thick dark hair along their spines. Uh, oh yeah, it's like hair coming out of their spines, and it's some kind of interesting again experimental treatment that they do that where they be, make the past and the present overlap in the book. Yeah, it sounds kind of interesting. Um, oh, that's just some kind of, it's got something kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 a book, so I like books generally better than the shows. Uh, the City Inside by Samit Basu. Uh, near Future Metaverse is moderated by the reality controllers, like Joey, who oversees live streams of South Asian celebrities when she hires an assistant named Ruda, the estranged scion of a wealthy Delhi family. They discover a corporate conspiracy that shelters everything that they think they know, or shatters everything. Drunk on All Your Strange New Worlds by Eddie Robinson. 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 Something. Um, the way that they write this up is Knives Out Nietzsche's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type of thing. Um, it sounds like uh, an interesting near future thing where a human translator for alien diplomat gets caught up in a murder investigation. So, um, has a lot of uh, References to Doctor Who and British sitcoms. Uh, that's like a new Doctor. Yeah. yeah. We mentioned that in the last podcast. I just saw earlier this week, well, last year, last week just now, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how that, how long that lasts, how far it goes. Why? Uh, I know that uh, with the whole writer with like Jody. Jody wasn't the greatest, um, but we're going to get one of the older writers from when it was the ninth and 10th Doctor, so it should be picking up better, hopefully. Not a lot of contradiction in the storyline. Because the Timeless Child really contradicts a lot of the old lore. Really? Mm-hmm. I am not a Whovian, unlike Dave Clark. Um, so I don't know a lot about Doctor Who. I mean, I watched it last week, the fourth Doctor. Early nineties. That was the, you know, about the only time frame I started watching it. Too. Yeah, I started. Yeah. I started back in the eighties with my dad. Because he used to watch it all the time, especially with the Fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. Yeah, Tom Baker. That was his favorite Doctor. So, uh, a half-built garden by Ruth Anna Emrys. Uh, a first contact story driven by climate change. Sometime in the late 21st century, aliens land in the Chesapeake Bay area and offer humanity an escape from what they perceive to be a doomed Earth. Our species needs to decide whether to leave Earth or to stick it out. Stick it out. <laughs> Make a mess and clean it up. Uh, and the last one that I got, because uh, that one releases July 26th, is 40 by Alan Heathcock. comes out August 2nd. Civil war between the U.S. government and a faction of revolutionary fundamentalists. Um, the setting for it, and it's a weird novel about faith, family, and the future. Young soldier awakens in a crater to find wings have sprouted from her back, and she's not sure if it's a miracle or a biological experience, but it gives her an opportunity to become a wartime leader and find her missing sister. So she's got wings. She can fly around. So she drank uh, enough pretzels. Um, they gave her wings. They gave her wings. <laughs> right. Uh, I take that back. I have one more book in here. 
Meet Us by the Roaring Sea by Akil Kumarasani, something like that. Um, an AI trainer in the near future, Ada, in spare time, translates a Tamil manuscript written by a group of female medical students in the late 1990s. And it switches between Ada's encounter with future technology and the medical students' attempt to suffer as much as possible in order to understand their patients. All right, and that's it for the news. Um, so today's topic was going to be Warhammer. Uh, Derek's my big Warhammer fan. Him um, and a bunch of my other nerdy friends play this game a lot. I've attempted to play. I've determined Warhammer isn't for me, but if I'm going to cover sci-fi stuff, I have to cover something on Warhammer. So... Before we get into all that, uh, we're going to do a little bit of an interview with your new guest. Right. What brought you to sci-fi? Uh, mainly my dad. Uh, growing up, watching a lot of old sci-fi shows. He ran a comic book shop called Comic Castle back in Lawrence, Pennsylvania. Oh. So I grew up in the comic book shop pretty much my entire life up until I was 16. Um, I was reading different kind of comics, growing up playing different card games and so so forth. So it was kind of like part of my life. Nice. Uh, favorite sci-fi series? That's a tough one. There's a lot that I like. Um, if I would have to pick American side, probably Babylon 5. Babylon 5. Babylon 5. As much as... What about Canadian side? Canadians? I don't think they've created their own sci-fi. Stargate SG One was shot. It was shot in Canada, but it wasn't a Canadian-based show because it was being funded by Hollywood, this U.S. And the, if I'm correct, what the original isn't Richard Dean Anderson a Canadian? Though? He is, but all of it was mainly filmed in the U.S. Especially the and it was mainly filmed in was Vancouver. It, it was in Vancouver. Okay, that's why I kind of thought that that might be one that qualified. Yeah, I mean, I see it as more of an American show, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all done by Vancouver Studios and all. Out oh, I thought it was already US. Okay, yeah, that one. Because, like, I mean, I, I started with the movie, the original movie. The original movie was shot in Hollywood. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. It's a good movie. And then you had the book that came out shortly thereafter. It was a movie, uh, second book with the movie, and then we brought out the series. Right. Uh, what was? What's the other question that you asked? Uh, favorite sci-fi technology. Let's go with that. Hmm. I like to say transporters, just because I want back to be able to travel from one spot to another spot. And uh, pretty much a blink of an eye is pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Unfortunately, I don't think it's science sound good. So, no, but it's it's got its good theories. I mean, if we're able to theorize that work technology is able to be realistic, I think transporters could. Well, I mean, granted, the sci-fi was out prior to the actual map being out there. So getting the map out there, the problem is the map doesn't prove transporter technology will actually work. I think it will. So, uh, give, it, give it a time. We'll, we'll be able to get something like that to work. The only problem I have with transporters is that are you using one? Because it completely destroys you in one area and, and rebuilds you in another area. Well, you know, in a way, I mean, you're basically turning into data going from one spot to another because it's basically copies and paste you. And uh, going from one spot to another spot, are you you anymore? Or is it a new person? Good question. All right. So, Warhammer. Um, what about it draws you in? Well, I was drawn in back, uh, back in the 90s when the second edition. Okay. So my dad had a uh, few connections with um, one of the other game stores that played Warhammer. Right. So I wound up meeting John and Eric, who ran a gaming store. Right now it's known as One Night Gaming Room back in West Pennsylvania. I'm still good friends with Eric. Uh, John passed away a few years ago, uh, but it was a soul, he was a great man. 
so I used to go there every night around 7, 8 o'clock and watch them all play Warhammer. Uh, I didn't really start getting involved until my deployment to Iraq back in 2004. I went up meeting a gentleman from EPA and we got some on to talk about Warhammer. I was like, yeah, I know of it. She never got to play it. So pretty much from there on my deployment, I pretty much got into Warhammer and then have been playing ever since. I just found it that it's interesting just because you know, sci-fi has always been one of my go-to things on a lot of things. Right. With Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, the Battlestar Galactica, Apocalypse, all that. Yeah. Um, so there's so many sci-fi that I just grew up watching that I love the 40k version for that one reason as well as able to play something on a table because it's very similar to D&D, just with a little bit of differences instead of being a party with the army to run as a commander. And I've always been a huge strategist player. RTS, strategy games, have always been my go-to thing. So I enjoyed playing games like this so much because of that. Quickly run through how to play the game. Uh, it's kind of covered it a lot anyway. Uh, so pretty much to play, you have to build up a force, taking uh, random different bits of pieces of units that you are able to use um, you build up a point scheme with your opponent, set up a table, and then you basically uh, lay out your armies, and then each player takes their own turn, slowly uh, moving up to the board to meet certain mission objectives. You can play that board. It's just one of the plays for fun, where you can just kill each other's armies. Uh, you play up until five turns, and you basically go one turn after another, up until either each opponent is destroyed or the fifth turn comes to an end. Okay. So... What's some of the uh, lore behind it? Uh, there's a lot of lore. I know there's a lot of lore. Um, what, what kind of stuff? So, lore like, do you want? how did Warhammer become Warhammer? What, what's the history of it? What's the so um, Games Workshop was uh, a small uh, company out of um, Britain, in the United Kingdom. Uh, they started up a shop and they wanted to make a game that was somewhat similar to D and D, but more of an army aspect instead of party from I can gather. Um, so if you look at Warhammer Rogue Trader, which was first edition, a lot of the game elements was very similar to D&D, but instead of running a party-based element, we had multiple different people fitting together as one individual unit, you ran an army, uh, you would have two players plus a game master that would help dictate how the game is run. The game master would be the person that would set up the rules, the board, and then they would be able to help both players be able to play the game consistently within the rules that are written. And it would play more of a role-playing style than it is an action style like it is today. Right. Um, and the rules were very simple. The story wasn't very as much expanded. It was much condensed. But they that was the foundation that they used to grow it what it is today. So what is the story now? Uh, so... What we originally started with was we had the Imperial Man uh, versus Xenos and other um, forces in the universe, Chaos, as well as uh, Heretics. So we would later come across the Emperor fighting against one of his own children, known as Horus, which started out uh, the war behind the fort, would become the foundation of 40K, Horus Her- uh, the Horus Heresy. Horus betrayed his father, was able to get a bunch of people to break it out from the faction, start up a civil war, which led into a huge conflict that lasted three years. Yeah. Uh, which later would come down to the end of the emperor being veg- uh, turning into a vegetable state, who was mortally wounded by his son, uh, but did manage to kill his, his son in return. Okay. I noticed you brought out a lot of these uh, models today. Uh, there are very intricate paint details. You even got some like real rock on here. Yeah, so that model right there is known as the Avatar King. He is the one of the gods of the Eldar faction, known as the Kraftwolf. Um, I usually play as Kraftwolf the Indian. It's probably one of my favorite armies out of the board gamers. When I started in third edition, I went up in the Elder Codex and reading the story. I kind of liked the battle that Crapley and had to do against um, Hive, Hive Fleet Kraken. Uh, the Crapple was invaded by a Hive Fleet, and they were fighting tooth and nail to keep themselves alive. When you see a bunch of bugs jumping on your starship and trying to kill you and eradicate your entire race, you're going to be fighting tooth and nail to, to live. 
What does it take to uh, paint one of these? Uh, it varies. Uh, depending how detailed you want to go, it can take you roughly about two hours to get 13 hours to paint, depending how, how well you want to put in. What do you usually use? I usually use GW paint, but there's a variety you can use uh, to use instead. I do you use, use like, like airbrushing or you use I use old fashioned, just uh, old fashioned paintbrush. Uh, a lot of people nowadays use airbrush to paint. Right. Which is faster and more convenient and makes it easier. Most of the regular paintbrushes are for highlighting for final detail touches, but they usually use uh, airbrush to help just get it done faster. Right. So, so that one right there is a Tempest tank. That is actually from Rogue Trader. World Trader? Rogue Trader. Uh, it was done by Armorcast, which is a U.S. affiliate company that wound up reaching out to GW so they can make unique tanks. Because back in uh, Rogue Trader, they didn't really have any set tank designs. People would actually have to make their own tanks from scratch based upon what was written in the Rogue Trader. So okay. Armorcast made a lot of unique models people to have, able to have to play with and I actually came across that one on Facebook for a few hundred bucks sadly the barrels were missing and I had to use unique methods to convert uh, new barrels onto it but other than that it's it's an old-fashioned model that I it's probably one of my pride of joys that I actually came across what else do we got up here uh, so this is my other faction that I usually have this is uh, Pretty much my chaos, but I like to run fallen angels instead of your traditional dark angels because you know Luther was right and the lion was wrong. But I do have the uh, Abaddon here as well, but I call him an Abaddon because he's not so much of Abaddon anymore. Because uh, when I got him, he was in the best of shape, but I did convert him to fix him. Uh, his sword was all screwed up. His uh, claw was not in the best of shape, so I had to do some unique binding on fixing him. But I did get him done. I paint him in horse horses. Um, Old colors were uh, the little wolves, as they were known before they would become uh, the children of Horus, and then would later become as the Black Legion. So I like the older style, the old color schemes, um, compared to the more finite of modern days. These ones are painted in the old dark color, uh, dark ages colors, which Fallen still run around on. Um, I actually designed this tank as being. Uh, a nice montage to one of my friends who served with me in Iraq, um, sadly passed away when I was there. I, his name was uh, Sarn Ostrom, Ryan Ostrom. Uh, so I went up hanging this and I actually named it the Ostrom to be uh, a nice respect montage to him. He was, he was a good soldier. Uh, he was actually one of the few sergeants that actually took me under his wing when I was over there and treated me with respect. So I have absolute respect for the gentleman. Is that last one just not finished being completed? It's, it's not fully completed yet. Uh, every so often I try to get back to him and finish him up. Uh, it's supposed to be the round things that I use to transport the uh, Fallen. I usually throw a bunch of guys with uh, chainswords, run them into battle, and uh, mow down my enemy. So, uh, how long does a typical game last? A uh, typical game, depending on how you play, can roughly uh, last an hour to four hours, give or take, on the knowledge of the players. And uh, how how much you want to put into it? A small game with a five hundred point game, roughly an hour to two hours if you know your armies very well. So I know that this is expanded from here to a bunch of other like model things. Warhammer is one of the first ones though that did the, the models in that, that fighting style, right? And this type of game style, um, not really. Uh, it became one of the more modern type of game style, but war game has been around for years. Uh, if you actually look at old military So you're stuff, talking like Risk and all that kind of stuff. Not right? even just Risk. Like, generals used to do wargaming with their own... Models. The, with their own units. Yeah, because like, if you watch The Patriot and you look at Mel Gibson's character and he has those little figurines that he's melted and turned into bullets, that is what uh, generals used to have. They would take little models like that, play them on the table, they have a sand table, and they would place each one of those troops on the field and slowly move them and adjust how they were to fight their opponent. Sure, it's not played in the same manner of what we do today with dice, and I have an army, you have an army, we have a set of rules. They would actually set up an entire battlefield, setting for opposing, uh, opposing player and them themselves, and they would do battle drills by using miniature models to determine how we're going to fight, how we're going to move things once the battle comes. So they, that would be one of their drills, their early battle drills, 
before they would have the troops go in the field, practice what they were planning on doing, and then actually acting it out into real battle. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I know that um, there are other games out here because um, you got you got Bullet Star Action, Wars, Stars Legions, um, or Armada. Yep, you got Armada, I got I got uh, convinced by Bill to go up to Canada to play in an Armada. Uh, game thing, which I did better than he did, and it was my first time playing. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. But then also was one of the final determinations. Like I can't play these. I mean, you it's kind of slow. You got to know the rules a lot and, and study into that, rules. huh? They're very, very detailed rules, and they are. And I just, ugh, I just didn't want to learn all that stuff to play a game. I get it. I mean, the more you enjoy it, the more you get into that kind of stuff. Uh, did you start off painting the models first or playing the game first? Playing the game first. Uh, it's very well known in the war um, gaming community that players don't tend to want to paint their models. The majority of people, when they look at models they see online and see how detailed and how well they're painted, it's a very discouraging uh, event. Uh, a lot of people don't like to paint their models because they don't want to ruin it. Because then if it's ruined, they need to strip it and redo it. And some people actually like doing it. Some people collect, some people like to paint a lot, some people like to play. I'm one of those people, yes, I have a lot of paint plastic models that I play with every once in a while. And I hate it, I do. Because I do like it when my models are painted. It's just. Do you paint your own models? I do, actually. How much uh, do the services go for for paint some of these models? It varies on uh, how much you want it detail wise. If you want a really well done, detailed uh, army, you're probably looking at a good $100, $200 for a fair amount of units. So if you run, let's say, a regular squad of Space Marines, it can cost you about 100 bucks to get a good five or ten models uh, detailed, if not more. Because and that's on top of the model cost. Well, that depends if you already have the models or not. If you already have the models, they're not going to charge you for the model cost. But if you don't, yeah, they charge you the model cost plus the, the paint they're going to be putting into it. Uh, if you want really detailed models and someone else to do all the building in that, you're looking at your three, five hundred bucks. All right. Well, I think we beat this part with a dead horse, considering I'm not extremely um, into this. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about this? With you had some uh, chance to be on the air? Oh, well, there's. I just be the first one is just don't let. Other people's painting details and their game styles, their artists dictate how you're going to enjoy the game. Uh, always find someone to play with that likes to play for fun if you're trying to learn to play. But if you want to get better, you're going to, you're going to be dealing with some pretty very strict detail players that know the rules on the back of their hands that are going to roll lawyer the entire game. You'll want that to be a discouragement. Uh, if you're there for fun, play with your community, have fun. If you really want to get competitive, Watch a lot of YouTube videos that are out there that go into the details of the game and just kind of read your book. Enjoy, have fun. That's the overall rule that you know we always put in the books. Always, always. No, no. I, and I get that. That's why I was willing to try it out. Yeah. Um, so I thought it could be fun. It, it, it can it be. It wasn't but really fun for me, but I, I can see how it's fun for other people. <laughs> well, see, um, for some people, it, it, it's not fun because it takes too yeah, that's that's where my the, son. The I tried getting my son in, and he did not like how long. He loves his first-person shooters. He likes fast-paced games that can be over in like 15, 30 minutes at, at that, if not sooner. I like long, drawn-out games. That's one reason why I enjoy playing strategy games because they can take hours. Well, I don't mind strategy games. Like I used to play a lot of um, Civilization and. Other like Sid Meier's Civilization. Yeah, uh, well, so Civilization is more of a turn-based strategy game, so it's expected to take long. But there are games that are real time that can take really, really long. So, like, what's the longest game you've ever played for Civilization? Uh, thirty-two hours. Thirty-two hours. Okay, and that's turn-based. You can save it, and you're usually playing what by yourself or against the computer. Oh, that was against a bunch. Uh, a bunch live, of like live, live. So eight, you were able to save the game people. and come back to it because you probably right. didn't play that straight. Uh. Four eight-hour sessions. Four eight-hour sessions. So that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, because like I play, I play. It was it was a marathon. Oh, I was like, uh, um, 
It's meant to be your second place. Like, it was the last way to go. See, I started with Civilization, <laughs> Civilization 2, so it's always been a fun game for me. Um, a game that I do enjoy playing, but it takes so long at times, depending on how you play the rules, is Hearts of Iron. Hearts of Iron is a really good War II strategy, and it's real time. There's no right. Everything's happening all at once. Nice. Um, so, what? Let's uh, move on to something else. So, what are you looking for to come out this summer for our sci-fi stuff? Well, right now, I know it's not going to be coming out anytime too soon, because there's two plans that have been talked about that I've been seeing. One, it has been openly uh, announced. The other one's kind of like rumor mill openly announced, because they are looking at remaking Babylon 5, which I would love to see a new version of that. Are they? Where did you see that? So, yeah, it's been rumored in the sci-fi communities, like Reddit, Facebook, as well as a bunch of other websites that they've talked about. I've been looking at some of the stuff. Most of those are just opinion that's pieces. Opinion, and that's opinion, but there's actually a little bit of rumors out there. That uh, about. That's I love the idea of seeing a new Babylon 5, but the one, the one that has been openly announced is Robotech. Yes, um, the live-action Robotech would be awesome. I grew up with Robotech, and then later coming to what would be the three different series uh, that were altered by uh, Golden Harmony, if I recall. They yeah. ended up getting control uh, in the U.S. and changed three different animes. And I've seen it was three, three different animes that they pieced them together. They actually stitched them together really well. Oh, they did to make an entirely different story called Robotech. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's like once I, I I got a little older and I actually was able to drawn into the three. I actually really love the Macross series. I love the Macross series. I love following Macross. Um, I love Robotech. I will never deny that. I I think it's funny how they altered three different animes. But to go from there uh, into Macross, it was really nice, well drawn to see Macross the entire original anime plus the movie that was. Um, do you remember Love, which was basically yes. an entire movie based around the anime series and a short, shorter version, plus then you would have the, the movies and the TV series showing up later. Do you remember when that releases? Because I'm... I uh, which one? So Robotech or Yeah, Robotech. Robotech, I think, came out... In no, the, no, no. Robotech came out in 1990... Or 1980. I was going to say, yeah. 1982. 82. 83. Fuck, I got the DVD upstairs. Or Blu-ray upstairs. Of... Uh, the I, have, I have it on TV. No, I was thinking TV, about the new VHS live action. Oh, the live action? I don't know when that's going to be happening. I just know that they did mention that they are are looking at it. Yes. Uh, I thought they were... Because they already started casting for this. And it's Harmony Gold that still got it. Uh, Especially like Harmony Gold, I don't know. Jason... Fox has been working on the script. Uh, what else would they say? I thought they were hiring um, things out. Would you like just. Uh, there's some kind of like thing they want me to sign in. I'm doing it. I need to sign in. Uh, when was that last update? It's very important for that one. Yeah, there's nothing new on that update. That was the, still the last thing that I saw. Sony Pictures with Harmony Gold are developing it still. It's still in production. Yeah, I thought there was something else that I... Yeah, I mean, they did do some casting for it. Uh, Andrew Garfield playing Rick Hunter. Lily Slope. Sobiski playing Lisa Hayes. Jennifer Lawrence playing Lynn Meany. Sam Worthington playing Roy Folker. Brian Cranston playing Henry Gouveau. He's the uh, the captain of the ship. Yeah. Toby McGuire playing Max Sterling. Is this like the... Oh, this is the choices. Never mind. This was not who they picked. Oh, damn it. I hate when a website does that to me. So, pretty much, 
It does. They did state that they are going to reboot Battle of Five. Where? So it'll be on the CW. So it says news broke in September 2021. The beloved cult sci-fi. You got to remember a lot of things have been received the cut this year. Increased so far, production costs and a lot of that. other things. They haven't, um, they haven't said that they haven't booted. They're looking at um, sometime in 2023. And that's why I'm hoping that, that Robotech doesn't get the... Uh, I don't think Robotech will get a can because I think too many people love that series and grew up on it. That Sony Pictures would actually can something like that. It would be too much of a moneymaker for them. I would hope so, man, because, I mean, I, I really do think that it's the next uh, golden move. It, it, I think it would be a smart decision. But as long as they don't make any Netflix issues with any adaptations, they should be fine. Netflix well, I mean, Sony suck. just bought a Crunchyroll. Okay. And they own Funimation. Yeah, so they do own Funimation. They have um, really the one and only large anime network. And I do have information. Uh, yeah, well, you might as well cancel that subscription going to Country Will. Uh, um, if I recall, because the videos as I'm getting, uh, Funimation is staying. I think what they're going to do as is a separate entity, sort of. Yeah. But not exactly. I mean, the limited stuff you get on Funimation may not even be worth it. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I, I use you it. like the dubs versus the subs? I prefer subs. They actually have both. I know, but Crunchyroll is way more subs. Yeah, but most of the stuff I watch on Funimation, I enjoy it. I know myself likes the dubs more. Because you grew up with dub, I grew up with subs. The wife the wife likes the subs more, just because she doesn't like reading at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> I, I like reading at the bottom of the screen, because I grew up on it, because I grew up with old-fashioned VHS tapes coming from Japan. My dad used to do them all the time. Yeah, I did too, um... My dad used to send me a lot of that kind of stuff too on VHS tapes. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I still have a lot of them. Uh, I have a, like 200 VHS tapes and not a working VHS player right now. So well, I got a few extra VHS players and need one. I might. I need to yeah. Up on that. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're sitting back at, at my mom's, but I can easily pick them up. I have to go down there anyways and grab a few things, so I could probably bring one up for you. Nice, thank you very much. Yeah, because I think I got three of them that are sitting in the, uh, the garage, because we don't really use them per se. Nice. Um, so we covered, what's your favorite sci-fi book? Sci-fi book. I actually really enjoy Starship Troopers as much. The as book itself. Yes, I actually love the book. The anime was great, which was very close to the book. The movies are decent. You did the anime. I didn't you were you didn't know? The yeah, there's an anime. I, so, the I think anime. it was like a 9 or 12 episode Japanese animation that was done back in the 80s. I think it was. Really? Uh, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, that's how I found out about it. Because I was going through YouTube, and I was just randomly watching things. And it showed up, and I was like, wait, there's there's a Starship Trooper uh, uh, anime? Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I came across the, the book. Much later in my life compared to when I watched the movie as a kid, even though I shouldn't have. <laughs> it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, and then the book was even more better. Uh, very, very detailed and a lot different. Um, the main character in the movie was supposed to be from South America, if I recall. Right. But in the book, he's actually a Filipino. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a Filipino and not your typical American. So that was a huge change from what the uh, original story was supposed to be. Uh, a bunch of other characters were altered throughout, too. Well, yeah, a lot of them did. They, they Hollywooded the entire cast and everything else. Like, they took people that were supposed to be different ethnicities and made and them white. Like, all white, yes. Yeah, whitewash like, everything. Whitewash everything. And freaking um, but yeah, the book not paying attention to... It's just so frustrating to have it here, too. I agree. <laughs> But I would always recommend that the anime as a primary source, if you don't want to read it, uh, watch the Japanese anime. I'll have to do that. Yeah, if not, you could always watch the sci-fi version of um, Starship Troopers, which actually wasn't even connected to the movies. No, it, it was more towards the book, because you end up seeing the, I think, what, Uglies or something that what they were called? They were blue, blue guys. Yeah. I, I do remember their, their, their names, but... I don't remember what the names um, they are. They were blue, 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 like alien. Whenever I first saw them, I could only think of the German 
uh, Song Blue. Because <laughs> they look literally like the same alien from there. But it was, it was very well done. Um, I liked how the story was written. And I actually have most of the seasons. I don't think I have the final season from that series. All right. But I used to wake up. I've watched a watch few it. of the episodes here and there, but I... Uh, I don't know if I was in the military or doing something else at the time, but I didn't watch a lot of. Yeah. I used to watch it before going to school because it would be it would be Pokemon at like seven, and then seven thirty I would watch that, and then we would leave right right before it would come to an end because I had to get to school. My dad would drive us to school to where you go to work. Uh, that always sucked. I'm glad that my shows came out earlier in the morning, like Robotech was on at six yeah, in the morning. Like I had Wake up early as hell to watch it, but I love Robotech. See, I went up watching Robotech uh, on VHS because my dad had it, and then it would show up on Toonami. So when I would get home from school, it was on there too, so I was watching there. Yeah. Um, but they never went beyond pretty much the Macross series in Toonami, which I found interesting. They only did the first story, not all three. Um, well, if I recall. See, the other two weren't. Part of the um, Macross 1 and 2 weren't part of Robotech per se. They were add-on stuff that well, they were Golden Harm and he decided to do in addition to the Robotech. Thing. Yeah, but Tsunami so, only played the Robotech's first portion. Not, they only did the they Robotech had separate style. licensing agreements for both of them and all of the yeah. kind of stuff. And actually, I think uh, Japan, because of Robotech, change their entire copyright law mm-hmm. like it's a real pain in the ass copyright law if i remember yeah japan is very strict when it comes to their uh, copyright laws like versus you're, where you're not allowed to use like numbers. even sometimes some of the images when you're discussing things um or 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 uh even sometimes bring it up without violating some of their copyright laws. Yeah, because like Dragon Ball Bridge is probably one of the most recent ones that were getting hit by Japan's copyright laws more than anyone that I, I know recently. I love the Dragon Ball Bridge series, but yeah, Team Four Star just constantly was getting sued by um, the original company, if I'm correct, in Japan, and they were like, we're not Japanese, we don't live in Japan. <laughs> so, and they were following what U.S. guidelines had and not so much what Japanese had. Yeah, well, that's good. That's one of what brought the series to an end. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts? Because this is going to kind of be a short episode looking at the time here. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'll be the first one to say to anyone, like, if they do want to get into sci fi or, like, you know, young things that. Uh, take them to conventions or comic book stores. We're probably Are you going to? Oh, that's a perfect yeah, thing. Got the Niagara Falls Comic Con that's coming up here shortly. Yeah, June 4th. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Um, I still have somebody working on my shirt. Otherwise, I'd be wearing my shirt right now as soon as she finishes the shirt. I'd love to go, but sadly, I'm not able to go. Uh, well, I had it off for like a, a year. <laughs> I practically bought the tickets a year in advance. <laughs> But no, so, I'm, I'm hoping to go there sometime to go see it because I haven't been to a convention in a long time. A long time. The last convention was the um, Penn College's Comic Con back on Midland Square Frontier. They do it every every summer. Yeah. Um, I went there. I actually got to meet the actor that plays Tuvok. Uh, yeah. Amazing guy. Um, we actually had uh, breakfast with him because I worked for the military at the time and we were doing recruiting retention in the area. We went to the Comic Con to do that. We got to recruiting and retention. Yes, I actually did it. Yes. I don't know what's to do a tour of recruiting. <laughs> I actually that. enjoyed it. Uh, two and a half years of recruiting and retention. Uh, I did that for a little bit. We actually would go to the Comic Cons, race car events, and so forth to uh, recruit people. But we actually got to see a lot of the other events that were there. Right. So I actually had um, a lot of dinner meals or breakfast meals with a lot of the people there. Yeah, because I always see the recruiters and stuff like the car com- show convention in Buffalo or even sometimes these RV shows that I've gone to. I, you always see the military recruiters sitting there. I never even thought about them doing some other yeah. like Comic-Cons and that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, because we're like recruiters. Um, you're trying to get new, you know, new young people to join the military to be able to help the armed forces. And you'd be surprised at how many people who join the armed forces that are huge sci-fi, fantasy, uh, or well, not kind of geeks. 
the military has gone also from just having grunts to needing a lot smarter. Yes. They um, need a lot soldiers. more uh, thinking people versus what would be your typical World War II type mentality where we would use cannon fodder. Oh, okay, you know, send in like 100 people to get cannon fodder while we have this other element trying to do something where now we're thinking more strategically on our mentality instead of just sending never any wave of people because we saw what happened in World War II that it did not always help. Right. It actually caused more harm than it actually was beneficial. Right. All right. Uh, well, I think this may end it today. Um, I know it's a little bit shorter episode again, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I just kind of knew that Warhammer was going to keep me interested in this. I was hoping to stretch it out for an hour. Uh, didn't quite meet that uh, goal today, but... Uh, Next week is going to be a little bit hard for me. I have to do a 10-day stretch at work. So I may end up doing a solo episode next week. Um, and just record it after work at some point in time down here. Send it out to you guys. Um, I'll think of it this week of what I'm going to do. And then the weekend after that, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. I have a long weekend that weekend. Uh, I plan on recording at the studio on Sunday. I still haven't gotten a guest yet uh, to come on up there and to talk about it. Uh, I still haven't decided what I want to do because Moon Knight just ended. I don't really want to cover Moon Knight. I know Halo's coming up soon, so this solo episode may be Halo, uh, or the Memorial Day weekend may be Halo. It may fit better in Memorial Day weekend, actually. So I think Memorial Day week will be Halo. Uh, I got a Star Trek episode I'm still trying to do with Jill. So hopefully I can get her on. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Like, share, and follow on Facebook. Uh, I have the YouTube channel. I'm starting to get a lot more views and a lot more listens to things. A lot of people have been viewing the uh, Transformer things, but I got about five subscribers now to the YouTube channel, which is better than none. Um, and I'm starting to get a lot more page likes and stuff, so I know it's starting to reach people. Let me know what you guys want to listen to. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Let me know which guests you like, because uh, I want to try to invite a bunch of different guests on. Um, you guys, you, the more you guys like them, the more I'll invite them back. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Thanks, dear. Yeah, Coming you're out. Welcome.